Coming to you from New York City. This week and every week, it's the Ben Kissel Show. I like that you call it GIF. Because it? that it is a gift. Well, isn't it? No, I know it's a. Well, I was on Team Jif for a long time, uh, like the peanut butter. Yeah, Jif but is a peanut butter. It's but Jif is spelled with a J. It is, and then I found out that GIF stands for graphic. What is it? Gra- I just had it. I don't know, dude. It is graphic infantile. No, it is Jif stands for graphic image. Okay, what's the F? But the fiction. The, it stands for fiscal. No, oh, I don't even know. Gra- graphic. Finish. Oh, it's graphics interchange format, GIF. And so graphic, it's not graphic, so it's got to be GIF. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Ben Kissel, as always, with Mike Coscarelli. Hello, everybody. Mike, how are you? I told you I lost eight ounces, and you saw me on Red Eye on yeah. Wednesday. You look like you lost eight ounces. You look great. Thank you so yeah. much, and you look great, too. Uh, speaking of Red Eye, today's guest, I'm so honored to have her. In 2013... New York was changed forever. <laughs> Who's Miss New York? Of course, that's Joanne Nosachinsky. Who is t- t- <laughs> my guest today, Joanne? Thank you so much for being here. She's also a co-host of Fox News' Red Eye and a co-host of the Greg Gutfeld Show, which you can also find on Fox News. Thanks uh-huh. for being here. Thank you for having me. How do you start an interview? You have to have a question. What got you into pageants? Believe it or not. I've never been asked to perform in a beauty pageant. There is no giant beauty pageant. No one's looking for somebody Yet. soft and huge. <laughs> I don't even understand how you begin such a process. Well. I guess you have to work out and be pretty first. Yes. Yeah, that's that good. A, that, that is generally the path people take. Mm-hmm. Uh, I moved to New York after college. Where are you from? I'm from Jersey. Mm. And I, you know, like most actresses, big dreams, moving to the city, I figure, you know Mm -hmm. what? First audition I go on, I'm going to be famous because I'm that great. Uh, But, you know, that doesn't happen. You're great at at serving and bartending. So Mm. I was doing that for a while, and I was looking through, a lot of actors use the resource backstage. Right, which Um, I I bought uh, when I first got to New York City thinking it was a smut magazine nothing to do with smut whatsoever back door right i got it all confused yes so um i was on their website looking at casting notices and there was one for the pageant and i thought i think i'd be really good at this Mm -hmm. Uh, i just applied on a whim and after a series of interviews they asked me to to uh pay them eighteen hundred dollars and essentially join yeah that's great so these interviews is it uh on par with casting couch which is something you can find if you google it (laughs) it's a bit erotic how uh how do the interviews go how do you even begin to go through the process of becoming a beauty uh pageant queen okay yeah because there are so many of you listening right now who want to enter there are it's huge it's huge and we're going to get into some misconceptions of beauty pageants i'm very pro beauty pageant okay so first i submitted a headshot and resume you know some photos all right this is boring move on with it um yeah so phone interview in person interview you just talk about you know what describe yourself in three words and if you were a superhero what power would you have what power would you have i said i'd be invincible which is a lame answer it's not actually a power it's just i'm very narcissistic and i want to live forever yeah i guess it's more of an ability something like that you would like to live forever huh oh yeah and i would just like to see you know how my uh how I left an impact on the world, so all the you, lives I've impacted. Yes, of course, and I'm sure that you've impacted many. Many. And I'm sure many people <laughs> have, uh, yes, you've pleasured a lot of men. Oh. Uh, not, not you personally, but I'm sure. As people see you on the screen, they enjoy your presence. <laughs> Living forever sounds like a nightmare. I, I would never, I would never wish, I saw, there was a great Charlie Rose episode with the William F. Buckley that I watched on YouTube the other day, and Charlie asked him uh, if, you know, he was uh, concerned about death, and uh, Buckley said if he had a pill that would make him 25 years younger, he wouldn't take it. He said, I'm tired of life, and I'm 34, and I'm tired of life. I relate so much more to William F. Buckley than I do with this idea of everlasting life. Why do you want to be here forever? It's only going downhill. Oh, um, I don't know, though, because I feel like I've always said this, too, in terms of uh, things like plastic surgery or Mm. looking young forever. I feel like when I get to an age where I want to appear young or feel young, there will be technology and medicine that Mm. allows me to do so in a way that is not very invasive, that is not very expensive. And um, we'll all be looking and feeling amazing and living to like, I don't know, 247. Oh, my goodness. It's like Abraham. (laughs) That would be intense.
So you, uh, you're from New Jersey. You got to New York. You're bartending, waiting tables. I bartended when I first got uh, to New York as well. It was a living nightmare. Believe it or not, you don't get free beer when you bartend. You're not supposed to be drunk. Exactly. That was something I had to learn the hard way. Awful. Many, many, many times. <laughs> But you get to be Miss New York. You're going through the uh, the steps there. Obviously, they love you. Was there any reservation because you're mostly New Jersey? Oh, my goodness. A this little, seems a little controversial. A little bit, yes. The requirements uh, for the pageant were to compete and get the title of a certain state. You have to have lived in that state for six months or more. That's not much. And the reason being, a lot of girls move states for college. Mm. There's a lot of girls who are in college who compete, and they want to compete. They don't want to have to travel back mm. to their home state to win a title. However, some girls often do. Um, if maybe the competition isn't as difficult in if, another state. For example, sure. California has possibly some of the most, California and New York have the most contestants, mm-hmm. generally, just population-wise, and you have a lot of models in both areas. Right. And uh, a lot of the girls then who are in California for whatever reason, a few years later, will will go back to other states, surrounding states, and actually win titles in other ones. So they've right. placed in California, they've been runners-up, they go on to compete elsewhere in another state and win. For example, our current Miss California is from, uh, I'm sorry, our current Miss USA mm-hmm. was Miss Oklahoma. Mm. used to compete in California. Before that, our Miss USA was Miss Nevada. Before that, she competed in California. Happens a lot. They just travel all around doing the pageants, and that's a full career. Uh, They do have other careers besides Mm. that, but I imagine it takes up a lot of their time. There was a great comedy. One of the most underrated comedies in the history of comedy. Drop Dead Gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. And it's Amber Atkins. Amber Atkins. If you want to hear some amazing Midwestern accents, don't watch Making a Murderer. Don't even bother with it. <laughs> it's so watch true. Watch Drop Dead Gorgeous. Uh, it's phenomenal. It's is so that, good. Is that so good. realistic whatsoever? Uh, no, except the one thing that is so realistic, and if you watch the film, you remember and love this scene. When she is at the national pageant, uh, Kirsten Dunst, yeah. is that her name? Yeah. Uh, she's at the national pageant, and they have a seafood buffet for the girls. And every other girl gets violently sick, and she wins by default because mm. she is the only one who can stand on stage without vomiting everywhere or the other end. So uh, at the Miss USA pageant, we were at buffets every day, and I see all these girls getting crab legs. And I tell you, I refused to eat any seafood yeah. while I was in Vegas competing for Miss USA because I just kept having that film in the back of my mind. And if I got sick, I would have been so mad at myself. And did all these gir- uh, girls get sick who were uh, shoving the crab legs down their <laughs> no, gullet like no, they were no, an no. overweight Nevada native trying to make it uh, big, <laughs> trying to make it rich on the slots? No, unfortunately, you you know, uh, they they were fine. Meanest contestant you ever met? Because you know it's it's scary. These you know I was there's in New York City, a lot of models around. They got abs. They have a lot of abs. Uh, these male models. I was I was sent to an audition this week for Kmart. Everyone loves Kmart. They can't get enough of their mm-hmm. products. And it was a modeling audition. It was a print ad. I should have known. I should have just said no. I, I don't have exactly what we call a good body. And so I walk in, and uh, the males there, I mean, the, the pectorials on these dudes, and then, and then the jaw, you could see their jaws. Wait, did you have to take your shirt off? Well, that's the thing. So I go, I, I stand in front of the camera, and they said, you were supposed to wear clothes that show your body. And I said, you can see it. You know, it's massive. What do you mean? I've never, I've never been told that someone can't see my body before. Uh-huh. And it was the most humiliating experience. I had one recent, uh, five years ago when I got here. Uh, no, about seven years, uh, right around when I first got here, where I had to take off my shirt in front of all these uh, people. It's humiliating, and it's intimidating. How about these women? I mean, I would assume when you're around, I mean, I mean you, are, you are stunningly gorgeous. But you're around uh, attractive women. That must be kind of scary. Oh, definitely. Especially in New York because uh, there are so many different types of women here from every different background. You know, you have your all-American look. You have your Latinas Mm -hmm. who are beyond gorgeous. You have your black Beyonce's. Mm And it's just like, and I'm your your Jersey girl who's a transplant here in New York. Don't forget about your squad Irish. Yeah, we also got we also got some <laughs> no, great. No, but really, Irish. it's like every every different type of girl. So it's kind of like a blessing and a curse because you it, it's hard to compare yourself to others. Right. But everyone is so beautiful in their own way. You're like, I don't know what the judges are even looking meanest, for. Meanest person you met? 
the oh gosh I don't know see I didn't a lot of girls you know talk about the friendships and it's mm. about the bonds and things I didn't make that many friends you know the girls who I didn't like I didn't associate with there's a lot of the the comments that aren't directly mean but mm. are somewhat mean like as everyone's practicing walking there are the girls who are sitting and watching and they're like oh wow in that shoe oh mm. my gosh you know my shoe is so and so it's those backhanded things um, I think everyone everyone is is a little more privy to being kind that weekend even yeah. if they're not right 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 nice and catty they can be a little bit catty. Some of the girls. But again, it's like you choose to surround yourself with that or not. It's not everywhere. Not everyone is. Right. You know, when there's a misconception, or is it true, the intelligence of the beauty pageant queen, uh, a lot of people mock them. They say they're stupid. But, I mean, is that true? It's not true. Uh all it is is that the girls need media training or they need an interview coach or right. they, they need, honestly, some improv classes. Right. Because it's the fact of being asked something that they're not anticipating. A lot of these girls are not used to being in front of an audience of so many mm-hmm. and needing to come up with something. And the thing is, it does not matter what you say so long as you say it well. Right. So long as you say it well and you don't offend, like, you know, everyone in the audience or all of the judges. So... You can have an opinion. It just has to be well said. And why are they asking uh, a lot of times the question for the beauty con- uh, contestant? They'll just be, you know, finishing up with some bikini round or something like that. And then they'll go to uh, the, the host of the contest and they'll ask him about Middle Eastern foreign affairs. Why do mm-hmm. they ask such hard geopolitical questions in a, uh, I mean, they don't ask professional athletes after they just scored a touchdown mm-hmm. what they think about the ousting of Gaddafi. Well, you know what? Our, our culture, I think, is so saturated with it anyways. I mean, you go to a bar with your friends and you end up getting in that conversation somehow. And a lot of these girls are going to end up going on to news shows, which mm. is essentially what happened to me, and right. talking about these things. And, and you want someone who's going to represent the brand, the business, which is the Miss USA organization, well. And you want someone who is well-spoken, who no matter what is thrown at them, can give an eloquent answer. Do you think it gives a bad example, a bad role model example uh, for young girls, the beauty pageants? A lot of people demonize them. They say it's all artifice, it's all surface, and uh, it it doesn't represent uh, women well. I will never demonize a woman who willingly gets into a bikini, Mm. stands on a stage, and says, judge me. Right. Because that is is one of the hardest things. You have to love yourself so much in order to do that. And women do pageants for different reasons, whether it's to gain the confidence, to gain the exposure, the, you know, the connections, the networking, whatever it might be. But I have to tell you, when I was doing pageants, I was in the gym more than I ever had been. And not just that, I was spending time selfishly so many women don't they're Mm -hmm. working so hard for others for other people and I spent so much time working on me and I truly became um, the best version of myself I was so happy with it and I wanted to show it off I mentioned professional athletes not being asked tough questions I believe the NFL football will be gone in 20 years do you see pageants sticking around or will uh, I think it's more people on the left that disagree uh, fourth wave feminism isn't exactly catering itself to the beauty pageant scene. Do you think that beauty pageants will be around in the next 20, 30 years? I think they'll be around, but they will morph. Um, it won't be the same setup. It will be more like reality TV shows. Mm. It will be competitions that um, get to know the women more. So you see their training, you see the background, and it's all this huge lead up to the actual, you know, big event, like an American Idol. You know, you see everyone on their journey and they get this coaching and there's elimination rounds and it it lasts even longer. So I could see them being more TV series than just a one night event. Right. So you're doing the beauty pageants. Thank you so much for talking about that, by the way. I've never... talked to a beauty uh, pageant winner, especially not a Miss New York. I mean, it's fantastic and interesting stuff. And maybe never again. (laughs) I never will again. No, I mean, everybody knows that. It'll never happen. Um, Thank God. Uh, I I got to do it once. Uh, What a a lucky uh, life I've had so far. I could take me now, God. Take me now. Um, Because you put yourself out there, you're very attractive. Um, You're always on Fox News uh, looking wonderful. You must get a. We were discussing before the show. I, I get uh, sometimes people send you uh, pictures and things like that. It, it, is there ever a time where you just want to you just want to put on a fat suit and just walk around and not be uh, such amazing eye candy to uh, aggressively aroused men? Oh, you know, uh, 
what's great about living in New York City is that no one, everyone's very self-absorbed. So when right. you're walking down the street, you're not really getting the same attention as you do, let's say, on Twitter or on social media. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, yeah, everyone's just in their own little world, in their bubble. And God forbid you get too close they they hate it unless you know you're i don't know a guy who's working on the side of the street or standing there and his bubble is just wanting to be popped and Mm -hmm. uh you know then you might get the occasional cat call or whatever it might be i love the moments where i'm walking down the street no makeup no hair done i am in my down like puffy coat Mm -hmm. ponytail wearing uggs i swear i look like a 15 year old child uh and i get cat called and right. I'm I'm always wonder. It makes me more concerned for the person doing it. Like, what is going on in your life that you need that right. reaction from me, or like, what is it that you would call out to a 15 year old child? And have, <laughs> to have an audible outburst just come out of your mouth, yeah. uh, just sort of instantaneously, uh, instant, yeah. instantaneously, something like that. Uh, when you see somebody attractive, it's kind of bizarre mm-hmm. that it just like, there's no filter. They just throw it right and out it's there. Like, sometimes there is not an inch of skin showing right, right. now. <laughs> I just love that jacket. I know, I like that jacket. Got it at Macy's. What's (laughs) up? Obviously, catcalling has been under a lot of fire. Women don't like it. A lot of men are doing it. Men are telling other men not to do it. Things like that. What do you think about catcalling? I think catcalling is is for the... uh, It's harmless. Has it ever worked? Have you? Has anybody ever cat called you, and then you're just like that guy? I can see a future with him. No, I think I might have like laughed before, or sm- I, I tend to smile back yeah. sometimes if I'm in an okay mood. But the way I see it is, I live in New York City, so I walk everywhere. I don't have a car here. If I lived anywhere else, I could just be in my car and not have to deal with anyone. Mm-hmm. So when I'm walking down the street. I'll make any face I want as if I were in my car. So when a man tells me to smile, I think that's why so many women get upset with it is because it's like, listen, I'm just trying to get from point A to point B. And I have to, because of my circumstance living in this city, be surrounded by other people. It's not my choice. It's my circumstance. So the fact that you are now kind of invading my routine or my space with a comment like that and I can't get away from it, it's so frustrating. Yeah. Well, speaking of men who don't have a filter and New York... Uh, obviously, you know Donald Trump, mm-hmm. right? I because do Donald him. now Donald Trump, he was the the main sponsor of Miss New York, the pageant, right? Yep. Have you had any contact with him? So um, at the Miss USA pageant, he comes and all the girls meet him. Uh, and What's at, that like? Is that is that kind of odd? Do you have oh to? Is, is it like North it is, Korea when you got to go meet Kim Jong Un or something? Terrifying. Yeah. So we all before we went, we all had to get our Trump dresses. We were all instructed to buy a black cocktail dress or borrow a black cocktail dress. For the first moment, we would meet Mr. Trump. And after all of that, they then decided, no, we're not going to put them in that because then the girl with the most expensive dress might make, you know, a better impression or whatever. So they put us all in the same cocktail dresses, which was like our opening number outfits, Mm. to meet him. We all stand in a line on the stage, and Trump goes from girl to girl alphabetically, stops every once in a while, goes back to the president of the organization. They take down some notes because he's at this time giving his input on on these girls and first impressions and who he likes. It's his or it was at the time his organization, right. his business. He wanted to have a say in who won. On a, on a scale of one to um, the owner of the bunny ranch, how creepy is this experience? It's really it's not creepy. because okay. It's more like meeting a CEO of the company. Mm. It's like you're someone who wants the job and it's essentially like an interview. It's it's not it, it, it. I never got the creepy vibe from it. I will say that. Um, so he gets to me and he shakes my hand and he goes, "New York. I hear it's lovely there." And it's like oh, you live here. Like I appreciate that you tried yeah. to make a joke, but um, <laughs> but then the best part of this all was okay. I, I didn't win. I didn't even make top fifteen at Miss USA, which is fine. I didn't need it. <laughs> I didn't need it. Some of these girls who always dreamed of being, you know, head queen maybe needed that validation, but mm-hmm. I didn't. And I'm doing fine for myself otherwise. And But the best validation ever is when I was maybe six months into working at Red Eye and um, Greg Gutfeld, who was the host at the time, his office is maybe like six feet from my desk. And I hear him on the phone one day and I hear him say, oh, hi, Mr. Trump. Mm. So Donald Trump apparently was a huge fan of Red Eye. Because the man doesn't sleep very much, he has a very weird sleep schedule, he'd often be up when it was on and he'd watch it. 
and I hear him saying, oh, Greg, you know, that girl, Greg's saying something to the effect of, oh, yeah, no Sachinsky. Yeah, isn't she great? And I hop up out of my desk and I run to Greg's office and I'm like, Miss New York, remember, tell him he should know me. Yeah. And he brings it up and Trump essentially says, oh, she's so great. I hope you're not paying her enough. I hope, you know, you're yeah. you're going to keep her. You don't pay her too much, you know, uh, as a joke. And uh, he was saying that, you know, he expects big things from me, whatever. Uh, so that's amazing. Right. Like right. that was so cool to just know that he, you know, thought so highly of me. Yeah. Then uh, had the wonderful opportunity the second week into Greg Gutfeld's news show. Greg and I went to Trump Tower and we interviewed him. And this was before Trump declared that he was running for president. Did he hint that he was thinking about the Yes, uh, this was when we all knew it was coming. We just didn't know when. So this is still sort of, I mean, you know, the idea of Trump being president has been satire for Mm -hmm. uh, since the 80s. I mean, people have been discussing the idea of a Trump presidency for uh, almost 30 years now. Uh, did um, Did you take him seriously at that point? Even the notion of a Trump presidency, did you sit down thinking, I am sitting down with the future frontrunner for the Republican nomination? Or did you sit down and be like, I am sitting down with a celebrity um, parody of himself who is going to comically run for president? I remember thinking he's definitely going to run. I I feel bad for him because right. he is not going to do well. I remember thinking that because I, I respect the man. You know, the reason why I am where I am today is largely because of the Miss Universe organization, which he owns. So, of course, you know, I have this respect for him. And I just remember thinking there's no way there's no way that that the majority of the country will want him as president just because of his polarizing views that he's already had in Mm -hmm. the past. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating. And when you go into Trump, what's it like? Is it is it very corporate? Is it extremely um, formal, or is it a little bit more relaxed than a person might expect? Uh, I was very relaxed, but uh, <laughs> it's 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 funny. It's definitely a well-oiled machine. You know, it's beautiful where we went to the conference room where we interviewed him, like marble table, I'm guessing, or quartz. I don't don't know my stones, Mm -hmm. but um, it was beautiful. The views were amazing. And he just treats every, you know, he's he's a pretty relaxed guy. He's um, kind to everyone. Um, uh, Yeah, it was great. Regarding his sexism, a lot of people want to label him a sexist. Do you find those claims to be, has he validated any of those claims? Um, In my mind or in my experience? No, 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 no. That's so interesting. But, but, you know, it's it's interesting, too. I guess it depends on the the men that you've been privy to have met mm-hmm. or interacted with in your life. Um, I think working in theater, in show business in the past, um, you meet men who have a lot of confidence, who joke around a bunch. And I think that I've grown to be a woman who knows how to punch back mm-hmm. in a joking manner to to serve what I've been served so uh, I think it's it's all the way that you take it and if you want to take if you go into an interaction with Donald Trump wanting to take offense mm-hmm. then you'll be offended mm-hmm. but if you I don't think that he has ill intentions so I won't I won't take him as such. So, I mean, that's one of the things that a lot of people discuss about, you know, especially, you know, men and and women in the workplace. Uh, Guys can be a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more roasty, especially nowadays. Everybody thinks they're a roast master. And uh, usually they just say say really mean sentences. And they're like, I'm roasting you. And it's like, well, okay. Mm -hmm. thank you so much for calling me flabby and fat on a regular basis. Even though it's accurate, I could take a day off every now and again. Mm-hmm. You just so did you learn to roll with the punches, or or was that something that you had to adapt to? Or when you go into a corporate setting, were you already prepared? Uh, you know, with, you know with, because you know the bar business is a great uh, exactly a, a great precursor to mm-hmm. learning how to uh, how to uh, interact with people on a very human, vulgar level. Oftentimes, you know what I think everyone should do honestly is take an improv class because you learn day one. You always say yes and it's about agreeing. And right. it's for the sake of the team. So, And you agree even if you disagree. You're exactly. just like, yes, that's your You're point of like, view, yes, and, and here's mine. Right. Which I, I think I have always done because it's so much easier to be agreeable. And then again, like I said, serve it back mm-hmm. or give them a zinger. For example, like when I was first on Red Eye, it was a lot of the comments. I don't even know how it started, but it was just from me saying yes and to, oh, well, you're a drunk. 
Oh, well, yeah. you drink a lot. Yep, I do. And my children miss me terribly. <laughs> you know, I'm at the bar every night. Or, well, Joanne, you're gorgeous or you're so pretty. And I say, yep, I know it. But again, right. my children are just deprived, whatever it might be. So it's interesting, though, how other people like viewers or listeners will react to that. Oh, she thinks she's pretty. Right, right. You know, oh, she's is that bragging? Is that whatever? So unfortunately for women, it's almost like a no-win yeah, situation. When, you but- know, when Lena Dunham goes out and calls herself beautiful and poses nude, she's very brave and she gets on the cover of a magazine and everybody loves it. If you call yourself attractive because you are attractive, then you're perceived as being uh, snobby and stuck up. Exactly. Why is it that, you know, Victoria's Secret fashion show models, you know, are demonized? Right. But Lena Dunham in her, like, bra and panty selfie mm. is, is praised for this, putting that out there. Right, and I'm not demonizing Lena Dunham. I'm happy that she's comfortable with her body. That's that's wonderful. But mm-hmm. there is definitely that double standard. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So going back to Drop Dead Gorgeous, the main character in Drop <laughs> Dead Gorgeous uh, in the uh, in the comedy wants to be, I believe it's Diane Sawyer. Yes. Did Now, uh, how did you transition from beauty uh, contestant to going into the television news game. Did you actually, ha- was this a, a, a plan of yours? Did no. You, this is just totally a random happenstance. No. I never, I mean, never. Even when I won Miss New York, if you told me like, oh, by this time next year, you'll be a regular guest on Fox News and then you'll right. ultimately work there for like two plus years. I, I, no, I never would have, would have thought that. How did that transition go about? Um, it all started in February of 2013. My, I had a publicist at the time who would schedule um, events, uh, interviews, things for me for publicity, obviously. And so we had scheduled a tour of Fox News Channel. And that then turned into, oh, actually, instead, it's going to be an on-air debate with Neil Cavuto. Oh, wow. Tomorrow. Here's the topic. You have to pick a side. And the topic was Mayor Bloomberg's soda ban. Okay. And uh, as an advocate for health and fitness, I had to side with the mayor. Uh, not had to, but I wanted to. That yeah. was my argument. And so I went on. And it was just me versus him, and it was my first on-air debate like that, and I think it went pretty well. Uh, We had a good rapport between us. BuzzFeed had written this article about, is this Fox News host hitting on this beauty queen? Because, you know, he was being his charming self. Yeah, Neil's a very fun, very funny, nice guy. And honestly, I lucked out that he was my first interview, because our sense of humors are similar in terms of the sarcasm and and the snide side comments. Uh, so that went so well, and then from that, you know, uh, bookers see, right. you know, they they exchange guests, and so I had done a few shows on Fox Business with Charles Payne, who was awesome. I yeah. learned so much from him, and then from there, uh, Tom O'Connor, the producer at the time on Red Eye, had seen me and asked me to be a guest on Red Eye, and it went really well. It was awesome. They thought I was funny and and smart and beautiful and all those wonderful things. Right. And then um, the opportunity opened up for a new co-host, and they asked me to come on and and work 40 hours to write, to be on camera. And I said, do I get to quit bartending? And I was told yes. So oh I my God, that's it. That's all you. That's all you need to hear. Yeah. You never have to serve drunken Wall Street executives any longer oh, who hit gosh. on you on a regular basis. Deloitte and douche. Deloitte and douche. Yep. I love it. <laughs> you do a great job of having uh, of using comedy and uh, and wit, but then you also do uh, a wonderful job. From what I've seen now in the past, well, I guess we've been. I, July was the first time I did Red Eye, and I believe that was with you. Uh, the oh, first time I ever did it. Awesome. And, uh, you know, you express some really valid, wonderful, intelligent opinions. Um, is that something that you started out doing? Or are you getting more comfortable now in your own political beliefs? So when you go on the show, you uh, y- your thoughts and your and your point of view is more flushed out and expressed. I have to say, I don't think I'll ever feel comfortable uh, talking about current events, politics, foreign policy, it's not my wheelhouse. It really isn't. I only started really paying attention to the news in 2013 because I needed to for the pageant. Right. Um, it just wasn't something I was really interested in. So when I am on a show with experts in these fields, it's it's a daunting task to have something to say that is not only entertaining, but like worthwhile, like right. worth hearing. Because again, I'm not the comic who's on. And it, I just would have to think like, what can I offer that 
others can't. And a lot of times I think that uh, it's a it's a blend of, mm-hmm. of all of all of the above. It is the way I deliver, the style I deliver, my comments in. And I work a lot in analogies. I like to think I'm an extension of the novice viewer. Like how mm. would someone who, like me, doesn't watch the news a lot, has heard the same stuff all day, still doesn't really have a handle on it. Mm. How can I make all of this really relatable and understandable and yeah and i always think in analogies and that's generally what i what i do right uh if you would have said uh to yourself 10 years ago that you would be a co-host on two fox news shows uh what do you think you would have thought i would be like why <laughs> why i mean i'm I, I love what I'm doing. I'm I'm so grateful to be here, and and it's absolutely amazing. I I love. I'm learning so much, and right. and I genuinely enjoy the people I work with, which I think is so important. But I still have dreams, like I did ten years ago, of winning my Emmy, Oscar, and Tony, and ultimately mm-hmm. my Kennedy Center honor uh, mm-hmm. for acting. Um, right. And I still have those dreams. I still want to pursue those. But I think most people, their journeys are never kind of what they expect no mm-hmm. one's plan ever is you know from point a to b there's all these different detours and things and and that goes back to your ability to just roll with the punches mm-hmm. would you say that's one of the biggest skills to have that you just have to have especially in the entertainment business once you get out here you know being from wisconsin small town kid sort of a big a big fish in this world's smallest pond um, and then you get out here and you're like, oh, everybody wants to be a comedian. Yeah. Everybody wants to be on TV. I am not unique whatsoever. And you realize how the powers that be really do. Uh, you don't necessarily have the ability to dictate every uh, part of your career mm-hmm. as you do in other uh, as you do yes. in other businesses. Would you say that flexibility is one of the greatest skill, uh, skills to have if you want to come into the entertainment business? Oh, definitely. And uh everyone's journey is different and like everyone has something different to offer so I will often have people who want to do what I'm doing ask me well how did you get here and I'm like I'm the worst example like I you shouldn't ask me that because I I, I can't we can't re-replicate this you know my journey of of everything that happened like you shouldn't just enter a pageant and, and then it'll happen for you right but I think that the best advice and you were really hitting on it Ben is you say yes to opportunity and you go with your gut. Yeah. If it feels right, it, it probably is. Has there ever been somebody that you met through whatever the pageant world or uh, through Fox that uh, either a dream come true? A dream come true guest that you oh, met? See, you know, it's so funny because I know a lot of people will get not starstruck, but they have their favorite, you know, actors who might come on or comedians yeah. or whoever. And... I'm so, I have a diluted amount of self-confidence that I truly see everyone as a colleague mm-hmm. and like I am on everyone else's level. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's perfect. I love that uh, and everyone should take that advice because you are on everybody's level. Yeah. Everybody is on everybody's level. I don't really get starstruck, but I do have to say I'm I'm so thrilled with everyone I've met because I really feel like they'll play a very important role in my future. Yeah. For example, Lou Dobbs yeah. uh, is an amazing guy and I don't even... <laughs> I really didn't even know who Lou Dobbs was. I thought he was then, Hugh Downs from 2020 for the longest time. <laughs> I said, I seriously was about to go up to Lou and be like, I loved you on 2020, huge fan. And then my friend was like, that's Hugh Downs. And I'm like, oh, that's right. Thank God. Because I love Lou Dobbs as well. Yeah, but he has such a such a history and like has so much experience in the business and um, is really uh, appreciated yeah. and, and beloved. And uh, I truly believe that if I were ever to be in prison, and need bail money. Mm-hmm. Lou Dobbs would bail me out, no questions asked. Well, that's a hot scene, you in prison, huh? Oh, God. What, what a time for the guards. Let's take a second. Mike, time out. Yeah. Let's just talk about Joanne <laughs> Nosichinsky going to jail for a little while here oh, with, okay. the, with the jumpsuits. And oh, my God, it's hot in there. Yeah. Holy Christ. I guess probably, it's. Probably a lot of girls want to fight her, right? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And then, of course, you're losing all the. Your yeah, shoes the are. Shirts, yeah, the yeah. shirts are going away there. And you got to shower. Shower time. Shower. Oh, yeah. Mm, and then. Hmm. Uh, Lunch. Am I, am well, I no, I'm thinking to, about am, lunch. Am I, I don't allowed know. to participate? No, no, we're done. My, no, yeah, we're that good. Was, we're that's done. Right. Okay, yeah, that yeah. was Fantasy <laughs> Corner, really wonderful stuff. But then I just started thinking about lunch. So yeah, I lost yeah. the, I, I always lose the whole thing when I when I start thinking about food. Yeah, now I want a panini. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I love it. What <laughs> is it about pressing bread together with like a little bit of melted cheese that it's it's just so much better than a regular sandwich. I don't know what yeah, tell you what there's nothing the Italians can't do. That's a good point except you know? be president. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's for sure. But I love what you're saying Joanne about being f- feeling 
uh, that you're equal to everybody. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you are. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody is. And it really is something that people put on themselves. This uh, I am not worthy attitude. It's something that people do to themselves because even the highest celebrity, uh, you know, the the most famous, most powerful people in the world, at the end of the day, they're just going to sleep and pinch, pinching their bellies and be like, no, oh, I'm fat. Mm-hmm. They're just yeah. self-conscious. They're upset with something they did that day. Just imagine a celebrity with like massive diarrhea. Yeah. And then you're like, we're on the same level. Everybody, We've all been there. Exactly. <laughs> At the end of the day, we have all very, very common things that we have yeah. to, that, we, that we're in desperate need of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so fun. Where do you want to go? Uh, you know, with Fox News, obviously you have that. Is there, do you, and you want to explore acting. Yeah. And you would you would you like to do uh, movies or television or, or stage? Obviously, all three. If you want to win the Emmy, the Oscar, and the Tony. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I would love to do um, some sitcoms. Yeah. Uh, I would love to play, you know, the sexy, funny part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I once took um, an acting for camera class, and I was told that's my type, which I never <laughs> thought. I always thought I was the ingenue because that's the roles I like played in college on the stage, but. You know, film and, and stage are very different. I'm I'm definitely more marketable currently, being young, mm-hmm. in in film and television. What's so. the thing you learned the most about the entertainment business that was sort of a shock? Um, the the realization that every actor is out of work at right. some point, <laughs> even the most successful ones. It is not it. It's a marathon. Mm-hmm. It's not a sprint. So if it's a career that you want. You ha- it's a lot of rejection, obviously, everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. But the yay of booking a job, it doesn't last forever. I mean, right. even the most successful actors, sometimes they have their dry spells. So you have to be really committed to that endeavor. Was Miss New York the first thing that you won? Yes. I mean, so that's a hell of a way to start. Yeah. That's a pretty big jumping uh, off point. Yeah, and it's, oh man, I just feel like I'm just patting myself on the back, like this whole show. Deal with it, guys. But yeah, you should. If I, <laughs> I have you like, should de- the uh, the <laughs> listener should deal with it, and you should be patting yourself I feel like on the back. That's usually what we do anyway, though, right? Okay. To get yeah. that or people cry. And who's this guy behind yeah. me patting me on the back? It's strange. Oh yeah, yeah. It's very he works strange. here. Okay. Yeah. Um, but no, if I've I've ultimately succeeded at these things I never thought I ever wanted, mm-hmm. and yet I've never actually pursued the things I have wanted. Mm-hmm. So imagine like what I could do if I actually committed to these things I've always said I wanted. And I feel like so many people never actually do. Mm-hmm. You know, they get sidetracked or they convince themselves that there's something else that they want and they can be very good at it. But I do think that the mental determination is so important. And if you are your own advocate and your own cheerleader, then truly you can do anything. Right. Coming from, I mean, it seems like you must have a good uh, family base. I mean, given your uh, self-esteem and your ability to really, you know, move to New York and, and oh, yeah. just be a ball buster immediately, your mm-hmm. parents must be extremely proud of everything. And Yeah, and my parents were always so honest growing up, so I knew I didn't suck. Yeah. Like, my mom so if you did suck, you're, me. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And the fact that, you know, they're like, yeah, pursue acting, do it. Right. You know, it's great. They're like, well, you have to, like, pay your bills, but, you know. Yeah, figure that out. Yeah. For sure. The nepotism in entertainment's interesting. Do you ever get upset about that? That's the one thing that I learned um, that once you, if you're not from, you know, the industry, you do sort of start 10 years back, which is not an excuse to not work your ass off for those 10 years to get to the places that other people started off with at birth. Does that ever bother you? Well, it exists everywhere. Yeah. Poor Jeb Bush. Oh, poor Jeb. Poor guy. Oh, Jeb. Oh, he just wants to be president and people won't let him. I mean, yeah, I do. I do. It does that. I mean, I'm saying. I would assume you come from more of a working class family. Yeah. I mean, do you? I mean, for me, my father's an immigrant. He was a truck driver. My mother was a foster mom. I wear that as a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. You know, coming from really just oh, as totally. middle class as yeah. you can possibly. My dad get. worked 25 years for the state of New Jersey. He had various different jobs. He always wanted a new job. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess that's where I get it from. And then my mom was um, an elementary school music teacher for 25 years right. in the same district. So, um, yeah, definitely just like hardworking. Um, I remember <laughs> always when I was younger, all my friends, I guess I had like richer friends growing up and they would always go on vacations with their families. And I'd be like, mom, dad, can we go on vacation? And my mom's like, we can't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Pay ten Wait. grand to go have fun. I absolutely not. Way to like tell me how it is. Um, right. But no, and I think that it definitely humbled me. But also, I was hungry. I was always hungry for mm-hmm. 
you know, the, the things I wanted. And I learned, well, if you want it, you have to work for it, and then you'll get it. Yeah, yeah. That's great. I love it. Do you feel like it's a better time than ever to be a uh, – are women now – with you know the success of like Megan Kelly, who now beats Bill O'Reilly's show, I mean she's the number one mm-hmm. face for television news. Do you feel like this is the best time for women to now be seen as beautiful, but then also they can be taken seriously for their opinions and they're allowed to have uh, in-depth thoughts and express them? Oh, definitely. I mean, because I'll- you know, you there's a lot of there's so much there's so much noise out there right now about um, sexism and you know it's it's, it's never been worse uh, you know for women in, in in a whole series of things. But you would uh, you would argue that's not true. I I completely disagree. Yeah, I uh, but again, it's my own it's my own experience. I mean, if I have personally experienced moments of sexist behavior or been put down or deprived opportunity because of my looks or my gender then I would have a different story to tell and I can't I can't ignore those who who feel that way it's a shame that they do and I and you know I hope that you know fortune or the future favors them otherwise but right. uh, i think that especially if you want a, a career like megan kelly's or you want to be a strong woman who has a voice there are more um platforms than ever mm-hmm. currently in which to do so and maybe the traditional roads are not the ones but in terms of web i mean come on mm-hmm. even if speaking of nepotism even if you don't know anyone or you feel like you're not privileged enough to have whatever opportunities you can truly create them for yourself. Right. Um, so, and to that yeah. point, I mean, I wanted to be an actor when I was growing up, I wanted to be Chris Farley. And then it turns out he was five, eight and chubby and he had little legs and he was very good at dancing and things like that. At six foot seven, I realized very quickly actors <laughs> are miniature people. And at no point will I ever be able to just go on screen unless I am the giant, which I am branded on Fox, uh, specifically red eye giant comedian, which is fine Although, did because you, you got to play with it. Did you see the um, Aziz? What's his name? I'm sorry. Yes. His Netflix show. I loved it. Nice. It was so good. But his one of his friends on the show is so tall. Yeah. And it just looks very funny between the two of them. It looks fun. Well, so thank I you, Aziz, for casting a tall person. <laughs> what do you like? What's a quality in a man that you like? Because I'm sure every man is wondering, how do you get somebody uh, as talented and as beautiful as Joanne Nosachinsky? What's a quality that you love in a man? Uh, definitely a, a sense of humor. There's a few things. I'll but a sense them. of humor, what kind? Because women always say sense of humor, but then you make a joke about, uh, you know, Vietnam, and now you're a dickhead. Is that what? it? I don't Vietnam? know. Vietnam, I'm, oh, I'm full of Vietnam yeah, jokes. how many Vietnam right. jokes are there? Oh, there's uh, mm, mm, 18, <laughs> I think exactly. What kind of sense of humor? Do you like a darker so, sense of humor? Someone who finds the funny in situations. Right. It's not someone who's constantly telling jokes, the guy at the bar who has the jokes. I don't want a stand-up comic. Mm. Thank God. Necessarily, it's someone who can find the funny in situations. Um, Somebody who doesn't get angry when things are going wrong. Yeah, someone who would rather laugh than put up a fight. Mm-hmm. I think that's very important. And confidence, but not cockiness. Mm-hmm. Again, a huge difference. What's the difference between being cocky and being confident? Being cocky is putting on a show. Mm-hmm. Being confident is just doing your thing. Mm-hmm. You have a little swag in your walk. Mm-hmm. You know, because that confidence is there. I mean, you you don't need this chicky next to you who's building you up. Right. You're you're good enough. You know. Where does Donald Trump lie? Is Donald Trump confident or cocky? Because he can kind of go either way. Trump is his own uh, right. So confident. Yeah. Of of confidence. I I wouldn't say he's cocky because again, cocky is for people who haven't quite gotten there yet. Mm-hmm. It's for people who rely on that to get ahead but he's just you know he's there he's already floating on the top right so a good confident person who finds the humor in every situation yes those are the two main qualities and also talented right needs to have some sort of artistic talent whether it's music uh writing what if they're um, just very good at business whatever be good at the profession that they choose well definitely but that that's not the person for me right um just because I, it's it's just it's it's goals. Goals are different. Values are different. The way you approach things are very differently. The, the creativity is is very 
different What's between a, yeah. an artist and a business person. As a person who is trying to go and date uh, myself, that is, the person who is trying to go out on dates, what's a mistake? What's the worst mistake a guy has made in a date with you? Because God oh knows God. I've had so many blunders and bloopers, it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, there are there are so many awful things you can do. Um, Do you want to, like, hear bad ones? Or? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was on a date with a guy who... We were switching up venues. We got we got food somewhere. We're going drinks somewhere else. And well, he had asked me first, you know, oh, do you smoke? I say no. And he goes, oh, well, you know, I only do, but only when I drink uh, when, red wine. That's the only time I smoke. Mm-hmm. And we were drinking red wine. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And so then we're walking to the other venue, and he stops a stranger to bum a cigarette off of them. Then at bums a light off of another person. Meanwhile, it's raining outside. <laughs> so he's like trying to hold an umbrella over us and it just to get his nicotine fix. Mm-hmm. So that was just selfish. I guess any sort of selfishness is not is not yeah. very good. Was it because he didn't go and have his own cigarette and his own lighter? I mean, theoretically, you could make yourself look sort of like a Humphrey, a Humphrey Bogart, you know, if you really want to look cool smoking. Or was it just the fact that he smoked or was it that he bummed the cigarette? It was the bumming off as I stood there and, like, waited in the rain. I think right. that's what it was. I don't mind a smoker, but you can't, yeah, the bum, the bumming of the cigarette, you know, in a way that inconveniences me. I don't right. like to be inconvenienced mm-hmm. on It's a also date. like a homeless person move to begin with. It is. Like well, at least, he didn't, at, at least he didn't go, uh, you know, to the, to the sidewalk and start grubbing up cigarette butts, yeah. Yeah. which could be uh, much, much worse. You know what? I could use some gum. Let me go over uh, here <laughs> on see the, the sidewalk. Chip this off the sidewalk here. <laughs> right, right. Of course. Delicious. So Bubbly. selfishness is something that you don't like in a man. Yeah. And I suppose that was selfishness. Yeah, or like, you know, if you're at a meal and, like, she wants to try a bite of your food, you know, yeah, try some stuff out. Or just go So to, you want to be to able topics. to steal from him. He's bumming no, no, cigarettes, no. but now no, you're no, trying no, to no. bum the pasta. And we're Maybe. only going out for pasta. Maybe. I only take women out for pasta, by the way. I don't know what I do. Only carbohydrates. Yeah, I'm, all, I'm always carbohydrates. Oh, wait, loaded. I have a great place for you to go to in oh. New York City. What's it called? Don Pepe. All right, well. Uh, I think that's the name. If you're a female listener and you want to go to Don Pepe. It's really good. It's on like 10th Avenue and like 20-something. It's in Chelsea. And I can't It's win. totally like hole in the wall, but those are the best Italian places. Right, right. Because they're just really authentic and delicious and not too expensive. The more expensive the pasta, the more I distrust it. I, I agree. Pasta and Mexican food should never be yes. expensive. It, I know exactly what's going Tacos into this. Tacos should only be 2 to $3 a and, piece. And it should taste amazing. You can't mess it up. Yeah. So that was the that was a, a terrible date. Any other terrible date experiences? Yeah. A guy um, accused me of flirting with the server. Of flirting with the server? It was my birthday. Ser- <laughs> and he, and it, the server was his friend, and his server friend was also married. Um, and I knew all of this. Right. And I was just being friendly, and I was accused right there and then at the table of flirting. And so I, sto- I stormed out of the restaurant. I was very drunk. I caused a huge scene. Um, we, <laughs> well, it's your birthday. So. We broke up. But we're friends. We're friends now. We're friends currently. So that's selfishness, and then we have insecurity. Those are two uh, negative yes. things in men. Oh, my God. Insecurity is, like, the worst. Right. I mean, we all get that way, but just don't show it to me. Yeah. <laughs> Would you, you know? say you're a tough person to date? I don't think so. Yeah. I really don't. I think, you know, <laughs> I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty easy to please. You know, I like I like little moments of of pizzazz. I don't know. <laughs> you know. Little moments it's, it's of the little things get me. So I just okay, so I'll be confident, I'll be I'll be humorous attention and then I'll to get detail. A, attention, That's I'll get a bedazzler. Yeah. Do you like a, you like pizzazz? I'm bedazzling if your everything. Your belt is bedazzled. That's perfect. <laughs> You're in. You're in. All right, guys. Well, I tried. People on Twitter were just like, ask her what she likes in men. Let me know how to date her. So there you go, guys. Change everything about yourselves. Right. Basically, that's it. Throw it all away. That's right. That's right. The last however many years of your life. Forget what you know. Yeah. (laughs) We got to wrap it up. But I do want to say, women get a lot of abuse online. Women take uh, much more abuse than men online. How did you deal with that the first time, especially being in uh, the news game? A lot of people have opinions. Mm -hmm. Dare I say everybody. And everybody thinks their opinions are 100% right. So occasionally you'll say something that they disagree with. And then they attack you and they threaten death upon your whole family. Yeah. How did you deal with that when it first started? Because it is sort of like you wake up, you're like, oh, 20 notifications on Twitter, and it's just a list of people telling you everything that's bad about your point of view. Yeah, and what stinks about Twitter is you can't just not read the bad comments because there's also good comments in there, which you want to read and maybe favorite, you know, because right. you want to, like, reach out to your fans and be like, thanks. 
Do you have a strategy for dealing with that? I just ignore it. I know a lot of girls will like blast them back or retweet with like a, you know, a snarky comment, but it's just, it's best not to do it because then you continue thinking about it and the things that you think affect how you feel and affect Mm -hmm. what you think about yourself. I mean, we're all human and we all do it. And uh, so, yeah, I just try, I try not to read them, but also thankfully working as an actor, you develop a very thick skin Mm -hmm. and you know, like just because this person doesn't like me or this casting director or whatever it might be, doesn't mean I'm not talented for every negative comment. You have to understand that there are so many people who love you and support what you do, but they just don't say anything like they just don't, put in the effort to to write a comment on a Twitter wall. Right. Yeah, yeah I mean, we were discussing uh, the people that reach out, uh, certainly the negative people who reach out, they're kind of crazy to take yeah. time out of their day to go and actively The worst is then when you somebody. look and you see, this is a mother with two children who is saying this to me. Right. Like, how would you feel if someone said that to your kid? I mean, it would, it would be awful. Why? Why did you go out of that way? I'm someone's daughter, too. Yeah. As think, a mother, I expect more from you. you right. Know? I know. And there's a lot of dudes who will send uh, pictures of, 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 of the women on Fox News, of their feet and things like that. Mm. Uh, they'll send them pictures to them, which is creepy, uh, to say the least. And then you'll go and look at their bylines, and it's like, conservative father of five. Uh, yeah. I go to Good News Fellowship Church. every, And you're just like, oh, my, you're a pervert. And it's oh, all in gosh. public. You think there's a disconnect between, uh, you know, obviously the Internet creates a large disconnect between how humans would actually talk to each other in real life. Oh, for sure. I mean, a lot of those people, if you met them on the street, might not even say anything. It's the right. confidence that it gives you. And that's why, you know, you see the bullying happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I do think that we all need to take a little bit of bullying. Mm-hmm. It's like when you get sick, it helps to build up your system, right. a little bit of that negativity, but no one wants to read it all the time, so just try, you know, I try not to. Right, right. I love it. Ignore the hate. Don't embrace the hate. Some Mm-mm. people brand them, their entire careers are branded off of uh, causing controversy and hate, but I'm more in your camp. Yeah, I think it causes cancer. I do, you know? Yeah, I, <laughs> I agree. i reading that. I agree. I'm in your camp. I don't embrace any hate. I, I use the mute button very quickly, but if you say something nice, I, I love to have a conversation with you. You know, that's for sure. Um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. This, this is great. Yeah, it was so fun. And you can watch uh, Red Eye. It's every single day at 3 o'clock in the morning. And it's a wonderful show hosted by Tom Shalhoub. And, Joanne, you are on I am Mondays on when- and- Wednesdays through Fridays. Okay. Yes. So make sure to catch it when, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then the Greg Gutfeld Show, that's on Saturdays or Sundays at 10? It seems to be going back and we forth. We switched. The new episode is now Saturdays at 10 p.m., and then we do a repeat at 1 a.m. that day, and then we do a repeat uh, Sunday night at 10 p.m. and again at 1 a.m. That's great. So watch it at 10 p.m. on Saturday, then get really, really drunk, and it's like rewatching it again at 1 that's o'clock right. in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Um, Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Ben. All right, everyone. That'll do it for the show. Uh, Thank you, Mike, uh, for everything that you did. You can find Mike Coscarelli on Twitter at Mike Coscarelli. And don't forget to listen to Mike's great podcast, Social Villains. Of course, you can check out my other shows on Cave Comedy Radio, Abe Lincoln's Top At, The Last Podcast on the Left, and The Roundtable of Gentlemen. And you can find me on Twitter at Ben Kissel. Um, All right, everyone. Uh, We'll talk to you soon.